Hi, I'm Howard Tierski. Welcome to the Winning Digital Customers podcast, where we focus on the stories of large-scale digital transformations told by the people who lead them. All right. I want to talk about teamwork. And the main topic that we're going to get to today is four keys to successful teamwork. I've had the opportunity in my life to work with some amazing teams and talk to some people who are real true experts at building teams. And I wanted to share with you, uh, if you're trying to get teams to work together and it's not working perfectly, most likely if you look at one or multiple of these four things that I'm going to talk about, that's probably where your challenges lie and your opportunities to really optimize the way folks are working together. I think it's safe to say that teamwork is essential for all of our work, whatever you're doing, if you're tuning into this, I assume you're not a sculptor who works by yourself in a shed somewhere, but that you are driving some kind of a business outcome. You may be in technology, you may be in marketing, you may be in product development, you may be in operations, legal, I don't know. But whatever you're doing, no doubt you're working with teams. Um, It's quite likely that you're running or managing teams, and certainly you're a part of a team. So the effectiveness of how people work together is key. It's arguably the most important aspect. If you have one genius uh, at your company who's Steve Jobs, but you don't have a team supporting that person, you're probably not going to be bringing successful products to market. And frankly, you don't necessarily need a Steve Jobs if you have a great team that's really supporting each other and working resourcefully. Uh, And of course, it's much more, it's much more achievable (laughs) to put a great team together than to think you can find that one genius who can drive everything. And most successful companies would probably say this is one of the most important keys to their ability to be successful. Of course, there are many things that make up a successful team, but I'm going to talk about four key themes today. I like to look at problems from two sides. I like to look at what makes things successful and let's amplify those things and what holds things back from being successful. And sometimes it's the same thing, you know, either doing it or not doing it. And sometimes it's something different. So I kind of put this together thinking about what are the things that that hold teams back. When teams aren't working effectively together, what are the reasons? I think the first reason is just goals. You know, we see this in our politics today right now. You know, people say, well, you know, why isn't the government doing more, operating more effectively? And uh, a lot of times it's because, well, because there's different people that are trying to achieve opposite things. And so if we're working on a team together to plan the holiday party, and, you know, my goal is to have the most spectacular, glitzy, flashy party that will make for amazing photos and people will remember as the most wild party ever. And your goal is to have a party where people really connect and they really have an opportunity to hang out and chat and really get to know each other better. These are some pretty different goals. Now, is it possible to come up with a solution that achieves multiple goals? Yes, yes, it's possible. But of course, it's always better and easier if everyone on the team is trying to accomplish the same goals. So the first thing I'd say about goals is, you want to make sure that they're clearly stated on a team. What are we trying to accomplish? You know, sports are great for teamwork because the goal is super clear, right? It's There's no question whether you achieved your goal of getting the soccer ball in the net. It's nice and straightforward. And everyone knows that's the goal. No one is going to dispute. (laughs) They may have a different idea about strategy. They may have a different idea about the way to run the ball down the field. And actually, that's great because that's one of the reasons you want a team. You want a team of people who can bring different thoughts and ideas about strategy together and hopefully come up with the best one. But if they're all trying to, if I'm trying to get the goal in the net on that side of the field and you're trying to get the goal on the net on the other side of the field, well, then we're not on the same team, right? In fact, that's exactly how soccer works or football. If you're in another part of the world, that's being on a different team. So the fundamental idea of a team, if you look at sports, is really defined by we have the same goals. Now in business, of course, while there very often are goals that seem clear, like we want to sell more stuff, you know, we want to make more profit. 
We want more customers. And these seem like clear goals. Very often, there's multiple goals. Well, I just listed three right there. So it's not as simple as we have one goal, get the soccer ball in the net, because, well, those things may be complementary, but they're not exactly the same thing. And some initiatives may do a better job of winning you new customers, but ways that are not profitable. And others may be about getting more profit, but not getting you any more customers, for example, by cutting costs. So just making sure you're really clear on goals. You know, like I say, the ideal is you bring a team together and they all share the exact same goals. In the real world, anytime you use an absolute like exact same, the answer is it's probably not going to be true, right? Nobody's going to probably have the exact same goals. If they overlap a lot, though, then that's going to be beneficial. And if people have different goals, then you want to get that out on the table. Because sometimes, as I mentioned in my party planning example, there are ways of achieving multiple goals. But you work together best if you recognize and say, look, you know, I have a goal and you have a goal. They're different goals, but let's work together on a strategy that helps us both accomplish that goal. You know, you sometimes see this in a movie where a bad guy and a good guy team up because, you know, the good guy wants to stop crime and the bad guy wants to get rid of a particular criminal so that he can be even bigger criminal, you know, but in this one particular thing, at least they both kind of have the same thing that they're going to go work on together, which is to go bring down the Joker or whatever it is, you know? So if that's a situation, at least getting that out and being clear about it. So then you know what you're working on together and you know, as you're coming up with solutions and you're collaborating, okay, I know what I want. I know what this other person wants. And now we can work together towards hopefully finding a solution that meets both of our goals. Otherwise, we're just going to be constantly disagreeing about, I want to go this way. You want to go that way. So that's goals. That's the first thing. And if your team's not working together effectively, the first thing to figure out is what are they really trying to accomplish? And one other thing about goals, one thing I always remember and always remind my teams is that there's company goals, but then there are personal goals. And so let's say you're working on a group that's trying to cut costs for your company to increase profit. Well, that might seem like, and you say, that's the only goal. That's the goal of the group. Nope. We don't care about customers. We don't care about revenue. This particular initiative is just focused on cutting costs. Well, that's the company goal. But what do the individual people have as their goals? Can't get enough of winning digital customers? You can find even more content and video versions of the podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Visit wdc.ht slash YouTube to subscribe. For example, one person might say, well, well, my goal is to get promoted. And if I cut enough costs, then you know I think that they'll see me as being um, important and successful and they're going to promote me. And another person might say, well, my goal is to get a big bonus and my bonus is actually tied to how much we cut costs. You know, and another person might say, well, you know, I, I'm concerned about the future of the company and I think this is necessary. Or another person might say, I'm working on my MBA at, at night and I want to write up a case study about this cost cutting exercise because that's going to help me get me an A on my thesis to get my MBA. Right? I'm just making stuff up here. But the point is, people have different individual reasons what they may really want out of a project. And it's really good to get those out in the open as well. Because if I know that what you want is to get promoted, but what I want is to get a bonus, well, then it's more important that you be seen as a leader of this project. So to the degree that we have success together, I just need the numbers, right? I don't care whether people think I'm the guy who drove it or you're the person who drove it or a woman. So, you know, again, we can understand each other's goals and we can more effectively work together and hopefully achieve something, you know, kind of motivate each other to see that we're going to get our individual goals accomplished. When you're on a team with somebody and you feel that they're not just trying to go after the same kind of, let's say, corporate goal as you are, but they're also thinking about how to help you achieve your personal goal, then you may be more inclined to want to think about how to help them achieve their personal goal. And again, you probably can see now how you have more teamwork. That's what I wanted to say about goals. And I want to move on to the second thing. The second thing is vocabulary. 
And this is kind of related to goals in a way. Vocabulary just means, well, you probably know what the word vocabulary means, words, right? Very often goals are stated in words and not just goals, strategies as well. So if someone says, well, our goal is to drive customer satisfaction. Well, is it really clear what we mean by customer satisfaction, for example, how we're measuring that, what our benchmark of customer satisfaction is? If someone says, okay, well, the first thing we need to do to achieve customer satisfaction is we need to do research. Okay. Personally, I would tend to agree that that's probably important, but what do we mean by research? And if someone says, well, we need a strategy. Okay. Sounds good to have a strategy, but what is a strategy? You know, the word strategy gets thrown around a lot. Well, no, no, we need a roadmap. Let's get a roadmap. The strategy will help drive a roadmap and the roadmap will ultimately help us accomplish a transformation. And everyone can be like, yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Well, but you know what? These are all just labels. These are all just words. So it's really important to make sure that the group understands what are the meanings beyond those words so that it can be very concrete. If I use the word table, you probably are thinking of the same thing as I am, more or less. Maybe the table you're picturing is a little different color, made out of a different material, but we're basically picturing probably the same thing. But if I say strategy, man, that can be so many things. And so, so many words we use in business have that more abstract quality versus a concrete noun like table. Easily solved, really. We try to do, for example, project briefs. And we make sure a team works together to say, okay, our goal is to increase sales. Okay. Sales of what? By how much? How are we measuring how much the sales are increased? In what period of time are we trying to increase them? It all just comes down to making sure that when we use the shorthand on a daily basis and say, is this idea going to help increase sales? We're all defining that in the same way. In a sense, vocabulary is an extension of goals, but it's not only goals, because as I say, you can use vocabulary to make sure your goals are clear, but also your methods and your approaches. If we all agree that we need to rebrand as part of achieving our goals, you know, that's not the goal, that's the strategy. But what does that mean to rebrand? Does that mean you need a new logo? Does that mean you need a new name? Does that just mean you're going to redesign the look of something? Does that mean you need a new tagline? Is it that we need to figure out which of those things it is? Or are you actually thinking rebrand means we need to rename it? And I'm thinking rebrand means we need maybe a new visual look. And there's no right or wrong answer, right? There's no absolute place you can reference and say, no, no, this is what rebrand really means. It's not about that. It's just about saying, okay, I'm in this project, if we're using a label like rebrand or whatever, that we're, we're talking about the same thing. So that's vocabulary, making sure the team is using a common vocabulary. The next is information. There's a saying that we like to use in our workshops, which is everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but not their own set of facts. You can understand why if you have a team together that's trying to improve the economy and one team says, you know, that it's been proven that every time we give a tax cut to this group, it stimulates the economy. And the other says, well, actually, it's been proven the opposite. The data shows the opposite. It's going to be pretty hard to agree on how to proceed because you really are working with conflicting information. What's important is that you make sure that you seed the team with common and hopefully accurate information. It's pretty hard for a team to succeed. If I say, you know, your, the job of your team is to figure out a route to get from Chicago to Los Angeles, but I give you maps that are totally inaccurate and I've drawn in freeways that don't exist and I've changed the compass so that it shows that Los Angeles is actually east of Chicago. I mean, you know, it's going to be pretty hard for that team to be successful, even if they all agree because they can all agree, but they're going to be, you know, they're going to be driving east from Chicago trying to find Los Angeles. They're probably not going to make it. And then in addition, they may never even even agree because if they share different facts, well, then they're going to be arguing and probably not be very successful as a team. You know what to do. I mean, usually it's about, first of all, seeding the team with information and letting the team know, hey, if this is your task, 
here is the kind of official source of information about these different topics. And then having some sort of method to resolve if there's uncertainty, because of course, it's always possible that you get information that is only of partial accuracy. A lot of information is like that, right? You can do a customer satisfaction survey and say, well, we talked to 50 customers and 12% of them said this, but does that mean 12% of everybody in the world feels that way? No, not necessarily. It's a data point. So it's also helpful to make sure that any information or facts that you have on the table are properly uh, caveated. You know, their margin of error or their limitations as a source of data. If you have information from a software company about the fact that their product has certain features or is able to accomplish certain things, do you consider that authoritative? I mean, you'd like to think that they wouldn't be misleading you, but you know, let's face it, if someone's selling you something, then that may not be as authoritative as if you have multiple independent sources of verification. Now, of course, this is about more than just teamwork, right? This is partly just about effectiveness in general, but it is very important for teamwork because of this factor. You know, I said earlier that I was going to talk about the things that hold teams back. And one of the things that definitely holds teams back is when they just can't agree on reality. Download the first chapter of the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Winning Digital Customers, The Antidote to Irrelevance, today. Visit winningdigitalcustomers.com to get started. One of the ways to agree on reality is to make sure you have an authoritative source, or another way is to just agree that some of the data points that you have, you know, it's like that famous Magritte painting called This Is Not a Pipe, right? It's a painting of a pipe, and the title of the painting is This Is Not a Pipe, right? Point is to just recognize that the data, the graph that you have is like the, the painting of Magritte's pipe. It is hopefully a reflection of a pipe. Hopefully Magritte's painting looks like a pipe, and it does. But it isn't a pipe. And similarly, data and information you get isn't reality. And so if some of it's conflicting, it could just be different paintings of a pipe from a different angle or whatnot. So anyway, there are multiple ways to try to get alignment around, okay, we may have some conflicting information. And the other thing that's helpful is, and I talk actually a lot about this in my book, to just make sure you get some agreement on the difference between a fact and an opinion or a belief. And so if someone says women aren't interested in buying product X, then it's reasonable to ask, okay, well, well, what's the basis of that? You know, not in a necessarily challenging way, like you're trying to prove someone wrong, but just say, great, we'd like to understand where does that come from? And if there's really reliable sources of information, you could say, okay, maybe that's approaching being a fact. If it's just something that someone believes, it could be true, right? Even if you don't have any facts, any sort of data supporting data doesn't mean it's not true, but it doesn't necessarily mean it is true. So then it's just a question of recognizing that that's that person's opinion. And as we say, Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, just not their own set of facts. So if you have an opinion and I have an opinion, that doesn't necessarily put us at odds with each other. In fact, in a perfect world, we can acknowledge that they're both opinions. And if it's important to the work of the team to figure out which opinion is closer to reality, then there are methods we can use, research methods, et cetera, depending on the nature of the opinion. If it's a technical issue or a customer behavior issue or whatnot, there's techniques we can use to figure out how to determine, you know, how to conduct activities together to figure out which opinion is, is more factually correct. So we had vocabulary, we had facts, and we had goals. So let's talk about the fourth one. The fourth one is humanity. Seeing the other people on your team in a three-dimensional way. People work best together when they have a human relationship. If I just see you as the guy from IT who, whatever we ask for, always says it's going to take a year and cost a million dollars. And that's the main kind of label I've put on you. You're that guy. I'm not going to be as good a team member with you versus if I know a little bit about you. We've socialized a little. I know about your kids. Um, I see you as a three-dimensional person. And part of that three-dimensionality may be that you're very conservative and you tend to give estimates for IT projects that are on the high side. 
And if you're doing something that I um, don't like, like tending to give very high estimates and therefore shooting down things that I believe would be possible if your estimates weren't so incredibly conservative, it's always good to ask yourself the question, what's the intention behind this? What is this person really trying to do? Because very often, it'll go back to some of their goals. So the bottom line is, when you start to not just put a label on somebody and say, oh, that's that crazy, overly conservative person, but just to um, really see them as a whole person, if everybody on a team does that, then what you find is that when there are issues of difference, they don't define the whole relationship. And then you're in a much better position to work through them and to figure out how to work forward together. And by the way, that sometimes is when the best outcomes of teams occur anyway. You know, one of the things we talk about in, in my book is conflict is not bad. Conflict is inherently good on a team because usually it comes from a difference of opinion. And that difference of opinion is an important part of why you have a team. If you let the person who's enthusiastic about an idea who says, well, I, sh I think IT should be able to build this in less than a month and you just go with that assumption, well, you know, that could obviously be wildly wrong. This is why you want multiple people on the team to bring different perspectives and different types of expertise and different mindsets around risk. And then hopefully the whole is greater than the sum of the parts and certainly greater than only one person's opinion. But if you let those differences become the defining characteristic in the relationship, now you're not working together. Now you just see each other as enemies on the team. And then that's when the whole interaction between the team falls apart. So anytime you find yourself in a situation with other people on the team where you just feel like you're starting to not like them, or you feel like they're just unreasonable or motivated by something evil or some smaller version of that, you know, it's always good to stop and really, first of all, make sure you really try to get to know them if you don't. And then second, try to ask yourself what's what's behind what they're really trying to accomplish. What's the positive intention? Because very often there is one. It doesn't mean they're right, by the way. It doesn't mean that what they're doing is having a positive outcome. But it means that when you see it as coming from something that they're trying to do that's good, sometimes we try to do things that are good and it's bad. You know, sometimes your body has an immune response to something that it doesn't need to, and it gives you a huge fever and it, you know, can kill you because your body's trying to protect you from something that it doesn't need to. And the process of trying to protect you is actually harming you. But at least you want to recognize that it's positive. And then once you've recognized that again, at least as far as this point is concerned, the humanity component means that you can then have a conversation. And then maybe you want to go back to the other things. You know, what are the goals, right? You know, sometimes if your goal is to drive important, aggressive revenue growth, you need to be willing to take some risk. And that means that you need to be willing to have a more, an estimate with less contingency built in or whatever the case may be is in my example. So those are the four aspects of teamwork. And they really are both on the positive and negative. You want better teamwork, Try to do an even better job of defining goals, do an even better job of making sure the vocabulary is crystal clear, do an even better job of making sure everyone has the right and the same information and that there's good humanity within the team. And if you're encountering problems, then for sure, uh, you want to look at these four areas and say, where is the biggest obstacle? Is it that the team's all looking at each other like enemies? And that's more of a humanity issue. Is it really that they're arguing about reality? And then that's a facts issue. Or is it that they're actually trying to, you know, one, one's trying to drive the car to Los Angeles and the other try, trying to drive the car to Orlando and uh, they can't decide whether to go to Disney World or Disneyland, right? <laughs> and, you know, well, at least then you know where the problem is and then you know how to start to address it. And hopefully I've given you at least some tactics to address those things. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Winning Digital Customers, the podcast. Find more great episodes at wdcpodcast.captivate.fm on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you listen. And visit winningdigitalcustomers.com to learn more about the Wall Street Journal bestselling book that inspired the podcast.